Good morning, friends. I am Amelia Richardson-Dress. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. I'm one of the pastors here at UCC Longmont. And along with Reverend Sarah Verasco, with the rest of our worship team and all of our volunteers and staff this morning, I get to welcome you today. When we come to this place, uh, whether we are joining here in person or online now or perhaps watching at another time, uh, we come in a spirit of welcome for each other as well. And so it's our tradition to greet one another with words of welcome. And I invite you to say these with me using the words that are printed in your bulletin. No matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. You are welcome here. You are welcome here into this community where we are practicing what it means to be a beloved community, a community that recognizes the grace and presence that is within each person, each creature here. And so as you let that welcome settle for you, even if that's a welcome that you've heard many times in this congregation before, hear it in a new way this morning. Let it be fresh. And notice what that welcome does for you. Is there a sense uh, of breath or an openness of spirit? Maybe a sense of longing for that welcome to be present in other ways? And let's just breathe into that noticing together. Three breaths together. Three breaths feels expansive in that silence. Let that breath be something that you come back to if you need to throughout this service or throughout this week. And when you notice that breath, let it bring to you also that welcome, that sense of belovedness that you might carry in your body for you and for others that you might encounter in the world. And let's join together in the call to worship as it's printed in your bulletin or as it appears on the screens. Come, come and be welcomed. You who work, woke early and you who slept late. You who are older and you who are younger. Let's worship God together. Today we are starting a sermon series on decision points in the Bible, and we're going to be looking at uh, stories beginning today with Genesis all the way through Acts, where we pick up on places where people are making decisions. The story today is about Abram, who will later become Abraham. But here at this point, um, Abram is pondering a new way forward in his life. Abram um, 
has been journeying with his family up until this point. We have seen them move from place to place, and what has happened is he's been uh, with his wife, who will later become Sarah, and his uh, nephew, Lot. They have grown so much in the things that they have that the land can no longer support them. They've got too many people in their families, they've got too many animals, they need too much water, the resources aren't there. And so they're making a decision about how they're going to move forward. And as we read this little snippet from Abraham, or from Abram and Lot's journey, we'll be reading from Genesis 13, beginning at verse eight. And I invite you just to notice what decisions are made and how they are made. Then Abram said to Lot, let there be no strife between you and me and between your herders and my herders, for we are kindred. Is not the whole land before you? Separate yourself from me. If you take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if you take the right hand, then I will go to the left. Lot looked about him and saw that the plain of the Jordan was well watered everywhere, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt in the direction of Zoar. This was before the Lord had destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself all the plain of the Jordan, and Lot journeyed eastward, and thus they separated from one another. Abram settled in the land of Canaan, while Lot settled among the cities of the plain and moved his tent as far as Sodom. And we end our reading there for today. In a moment, we're going to turn to uh, intergenerational reflection, and I want to remind uh, you or let people know if you are, if this is the first time that you're here today. On the first Sunday of the month, we do our services even more intentionally intergenerational. Children are always welcome in the sanctuary. And on the first Sunday of the month, we create a space where that welcome extends more fully. So we will have more opportunities for some interaction, some discussion, and some hands-on things that I think people of all ages are going to enjoy this morning. Good morning. This is my first experience with a handless wireless mic. I feel like I'm supposed to be singing and dancing right now, but that wouldn't work well, so we'll skip that portion. Um, so decisions, making decisions. Um, Abram suggested to Lot that they make a decision, right? A decision to move apart from each other, a decision that seemed pretty cut and dry, we make decisions all of the time, right? We're experts at it. We make the simple decisions, easy decisions. We make more difficult decisions. So what we're going to do right now in this interactive portion of our service is practice making some decisions. Uh, first, an initial type of decision that we make all the time are those that we make with no thought whatsoever, right? 
The example I was going to give is that I only hit my snooze twice this morning, and then I got up. But I actually got up after the first time my alarm went off, so I'm feeling pretty good about that. Normally, though, I'll hit snooze, I'll hit snooze again, and then around the third time I'll realize that I had been hitting snooze already, right? So they're easy decisions that you just make, and maybe you realize later that you made it. Right? For those of you who have been driving for a long time, maybe you, you hit the blinker and then you turn. And you don't, even, you don't realize that you put your blinker on because you always put your blinker on before you make your turn. Right? What are some other things that you've done today? Some, some decisions that you've made already today that you didn't necessarily think about? Breakfast. You just grabbed some breakfast. Flushing the toilet. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a really, that's a good one. I like to reinforce that one. What else? Brushing your teeth. Coffee. Having coffee. Not a lot of thought goes into that one. Waking up. Yeah. Driving to church. Absolutely. Yeah. Another type of decision that we make is are those, those that are simple, meaning that the decision is clear, and the impact is pretty minor, right? So an example of that would be that this morning I had granola in my yogurt. I chose the granola, I chose the yogurt, I chose to put the two together, nobody cares, right? Doesn't have any impact on anybody, except I guess it does have an impact on me because I got to eat. Right? What are some other of those what are some other of those types of decisions? Those simple decisions with low impact. The clothes you're gonna wear. Absolutely. What else? How about the way that you respond when someone calls your name? Right? Sometimes that can be the habitual, you just say your response, right? But we can also choose how we're going to respond. We can be thoughtful about how we're going to respond. What else? Do any of you practice driving different routes to get to places you go regularly? I had a friend who did that. He was really conscientious about it. He regularly changed his route to go places just to change the view. How about what coat you wore this morning? Right? The weather today is kind of starting out cold, maybe going to get a little bit warmer. So you got to put some thought into it. I saw some folks hanging up coats in the, uh, the atrium there. Right? So is this making sense, this simple decision that has low impact? Yeah? Okay, good. Because that's an important, now we're going to draw a distinction between that and another type of decision that we make and that we need to make. And that is, again, a simple decision. Right? Again, simple here meaning that it's easy to see, a decision that's easy to see. 
In the case of Abram and Lot, there was just not enough resources because they had grown too much. So it's, it's clear that something needed to be done. Something needed to change. But the impact was pretty significant, right? In this case, in the case of the scripture reading, the impact was that Abram and, and um, Lot had to actually move, right? They actually had to, to move away from one another. So an example of this was this week, I um, offered to, uh, I volunteered to coach one of my kids' basketball teams. The, the decision point was pretty clear. No one had stepped up yet to volunteer. I really wanted for my child to be able to play basketball. I have never been on a basketball team. I do not know how to coach basketball. Um, however, I am a pretty quick learner, and given resources, I can run a practice. However, the impact would be somewhat significant for me because it's two hours of practice each week, it's games on Saturday, and then it would be preparing for those practices, right? So it, it, it would have an impact on my life. But I thought, well, I should, let me just go ahead and do it. And then somebody else stepped up, and so I don't have to coach, and it's probably going to work out best for everybody. But I chose to do it. I chose to make that, to, to step forward. As you came in this morning, the, the greeters were handing out these squares of paper, right? Everyone should have one of these. So if you do not yet have a square of paper, no matter your age, please raise your hand and we'll bring you a, a square of paper. You'll also want to have something to write on, or sorry, <laughs> something to write with, because what we're going to do now is we're going to practice making a decision. Because sometimes in our lives, decisions are clear, and our job is to simply make it and to move forward, even though that can be challenging at times. And so what I want to invite you to do is to think about what decision points, or what is a decision point, that you are facing in your life right now, where it's a simple, it's a clear decision, and really what's left is for you to make it, for you to decide and to then to move forward. So I'm gonna give you a moment to think about that. What is a decision that is wanting to be made? And I know that some of us need more time for reflection. Right? I'm one who I talk through things and then I make a decision and I'm ready to go. And I know that that is the case for a lot of us. For a lot of others, however, we need more time to reflect. And if that's you, that's perfectly fine. You can still participate in what we're about to do. What I invite you to do is to practice making a simple low-impact decision. So maybe it's what you're going to have for lunch or how you're going to spend the afternoon. It's still a decision. It's still a choice that you need to consciously make. And then when you're ready, maybe at home later, you can do this again, and it can be something that's, you know, more of a major impact or a more significant impact. So this paper that you have is special paper. 
It is water-soluble paper. And so what we're going to do is we're going to, there are around the, the, the sanctuary here, there are three bowls of water, two in the back and one in the front. And then there will also be a bowl of water that will, can come to you. So when we do this in a moment, if you'd prefer to stay where you are, simply raise your hand, like when we do communion, and we'll come to you with the bowl of water. So the practice here is to write down your decision and then to drop it in the water and allow it to dissolve. Let it go. Let your decision be made. And then you'll move forward. And you'll see what comes from it. If you're not ready to make a decision, then this could be a prayer. This could be a prayer for guidance. It could be a prayer for courage. It could be a a prayer for clarity. If you are ready to make a decision, it could simply be a prayer of, this is what I'm going to do. Please bless this decision. So as you're ready, go ahead and stand up. Find your way to one of the three bowls of water. As I said, if you would like for us to come to you, raise your hand and we'll come to you. Remember that a part of this practice is trusting yourself. Trusting yourself as you make your decision and letting it go. How was it to make a decision that way? Did anybody have trouble deciding what decision to make this morning? <laughs> if yes, I'm, some of us, ha- I had trouble deciding what decision to make and let go of, which is why I was curious and I was grateful for other people who had that and were brave enough to admit that. The average person makes 35,000 
thousand conscious decisions a day. And decision fatigue, if you've experienced decision fatigue, you know it increases with the number of decisions that we make, which is why if we are dealing with something that is uh, extra complex, an unusual decision or a harder decision in our lives, we might find that the bandwidth for making easy decisions is lower. So you maybe have experienced you're trying to buy a house or you're making a medical decision and then you can't decide what to have for dinner. That's decision fatigue. And it kicks in because we are using so much more of our bandwidth in a different place than we might normally do. It's the reason that sometimes people have turned to this idea of simplifying a lot of their life in other ways. Einstein is said to have chosen one suit, one style of suit that he had in a variety of, uh, just many of them, so that every day he knew what he was wearing. And it was a decision that he eliminated. And I know that there are other leaders who are in positions where they're making a lot of big decisions who have talked about doing that. It's the same thing behind like choosing your meals for a week. Maybe you have Taco Tuesday or Meatless Monday. And then you don't have to think. It takes away one of those 35,000 decisions that you're going to make on a day. Abraham and Lot didn't live in a time where they had quite as many options as we did. So I don't know if we were able to count how many decisions they made in a day, what that number would be. But they still made decisions, and they still made complex decisions. By the time we've picked up where they are in their story, they have each gotten married. They have made four major moves together. They have survived a famine and a plague. And they're now at this point. And one of the things that's unique about this decision that they're making at this point for them is that there's no voice of God telling them what to do. Up until this point, they have been told all of the things. Move from this land, go to this place, build an altar here. They don't have it at this point, which is maybe what makes this story a little more relatable to us this morning. Because even without that voice from heaven, Abram and Lot have to decide something. I appreciate that framework that Rob put forward about the way that some decisions are maybe low impact and simple. Some might be high impact and simple. Some might be high impact and hard. Here we have that high impact but straightforward. And the straightforwardness of that doesn't come because they know what's going to come next. It's, it's not straightforward because there's signs. Abram go here and Lot go here and this is exactly what's going to happen. It's straightforward because they're focusing on one thing. We heard them, we heard Abram say to Lot, let's not have any quarreling between you and me. We're close relatives. The goodbye that they come to isn't a, a bad goodbye. It's not kind of that huffy goodbye that you come to when you're fed up with each other and something just needs to change. This is a thoughtful goodbye that's made because the relationship is the focus. There's probably some parallels to that in our lives too. Sometimes where maybe changing the boundaries helps a relationship. 
But even outside that example of boundaries and relationship, there is this general principle that we see them following of leaving behind what's familiar in order to step into what's possible. Sometimes we have to make that decision without a voice from heaven telling us what to do because we know we're moving towards possibility. Much of what we have admired about Abram uh, in his life, what the three faiths who center around Abram, Christianity and Judaism and Islam, what they find in him is faithfulness. He does what God says. Here we find him acting in a way that is not so much doing what God says, but doing what's practical. He sees what's in front of him, he knows what to focus on, and that's the direction that he goes. And so it makes me wonder about the ways that the practical is also the faithful. If we burn ourselves out uh, deciding each little thing in our lives, then we don't have the energy to make the faithful, hard decisions when they come up. We can't give every single one of our 35,000 decisions in a day the same amount of attention. And so we choose. As we enter this sermon series on decision-making then, our first invitation to you is to think today about where your focus is. It's a great time of year to do that. People are doing that uh, through resolutions, through visioning boards, through choosing a word for the year. Maybe that's a practice that you have in place already and something is already clicking there. And if not, maybe there's something calling to you from one of those practices. What is a focus that you want to take forward with you? into decisions that you are making today, (laughs) tomorrow, or throughout the rest of the year. And so as we turn to a time of music and meditation, I offer you that invitation. What is your focus, or what are some of the things that you are focusing on this year? Let's join our voices together in the prayer of Jesus as it's printed in our bulletin or as it appears on your screen or in whatever way comes more naturally to you. Our parent in heaven, you are awesome. Show us who you are and how you want us to be. Make earth more like heaven. Please give us what we need to keep going each day. Help us when we are wrong and clean us up on the inside. Help us to let other people off and move on. Keep us from bad stuff. You're in charge. You're strong and powerful 
and always there. Amen. We are here because Jesus called us, strangers and friends, locals and visitors, believers and doubters, the certain and the curious. It is always a mixed company that Jesus gathers and invites to his table where, in bread and wine, he meets us and through him we, who are different, are joined to each other. <clears throat> so come not because you understand, but because you are understood. Come, knowing Jesus invites you just as you are. Let us rise in spirit and turn to number 100, oh, excuse me, number 330 in our new century hymnal. Let us break bread together. Song for food, for the wisdom of the earth. We offer our gratitude and an appreciation of those blessings we ask that you bless this table, this bread and juice, that it may also nourish us in ways that we may not even know yet are possible. Amen. On a night when Jesus gathered with his friends at a decision point, he met with them around a table that was familiar and yet also new. And as he took the bread, he blessed it and he broke it. And in the breaking of the bread, he said to them, this bread is like my life. It is broken for each of you. As often as you eat of this bread, do this in remembrance of me. And throughout the course of that same experience at table, Jesus at some point took the cup and in the pouring out of the wine into the cup, Jesus reminded them that this cup is like, was like his life, that at each point of decision, he, his life was poured out in love. Whether it was places of wholeness or places of brokenness, he did this that others may know what love looks like. And so he said to them, take this, all of you, and drink of it. This cup, my life, has been poured out for you. Whenever you do this, remember me. And it is in the presence and in remembrance of Jesus that we offer you this bread and this cup,
that you may come to taste and see the goodness of our God and the goodness and gift of life. We will be offering communion today as all days with gluten-free elements of bread and juice. Friends, for our prayer of thanksgiving, I want to invite you to join your voice in this prayer. In a few moments, I'll ask for what do we give thanks this day? And then you're welcome to just respond. And it's okay if more than one person speaks at a time, and it's okay if this goes on for several um, seconds. Excuse me. That was a hard one. I also want to remind you that the sign language for thank you is bringing your dominant hand to your lips and then moving it outward. And so that will be the second part of our prayer. The first part of our prayer will be your voices, and the second part will turn toward each other and I'll offer a few prompts for our gesture. So friends, for what will we give thanks this day? Now I want to invite you to rise in spirit or in body as you're able. Face toward the center aisle. Just take a look at the people on the other side of the church. And in gesture, let us give thanks for each and every one. Now I want you to face toward the back wall. And there are cameras there. (laughs) Yeah, you can wave. Because at some point, either right now or later in the week, others that are a piece of this community will be watching. And let us now, in gesture, give thanks. Turn back toward the front. Notice I didn't use any directions because I don't know them. (laughs) But now I want you to just, in the privacy of your own heart and mind, just take a moment to give thanks. And as you do, allow the gesture to go with whatever words you're choosing. And our gratitude will flow into song as we continue singing grateful in the sing hymnal number 143. The work of Christian community is to spread a message of peace in our words and in our actions. And we practice that often when we are together And today we are going to practice that um, not with movement and greeting one another, but with 
loud voices proclaiming peace. And so we're going to do it twice because some people need time to practice their loud voice. So this is your practice round, and you're going to use your outside voice, and you're going to say, peace be with you. Ready? Peace be with you. It's pretty good. If we do it again, then the goal is to make it just a little bit bigger and louder this time. And I'm going to turn off my microphone, so it's really up to you all. <laughs> Ready? Peace be with you. And with you. Now it's green. Okay. Oh, it turned red. Can you hear me? Oh, good. Okay. Hi, everyone. My name is Kelly Bronski, and my pronouns are she, her, and hers. A very oh, and I serve on our church council. It's good to be together this morning. A very special welcome this morning to visitors and guests, and welcome back to those who haven't been here for a while. We're so glad you're here. Our annual winter congregational meeting will be held after services on January 21st. We will review highlights of 2023 and approve the church's 2024 budget. The meeting will be in person and on Zoom. We will have an informational meeting reviewing the proposed budget after our services today. Links to the agenda and proposed budget are in this week's happenings newsletter. Family game night. Please join us for a night of fun and games at Family Game Night right here at UCC Longmont from 6 to 8 p.m. on Tuesday, January 16th. We'll meet in Fellowship Hall for board games, card games, and etc. All are welcome, friends, family, and those who enjoy being around families with children. If you'd like, please bring your favorite snack to share. We look forward to seeing you there. We have a new exhibit in the Art Lounge by Carrie Candrian. Carrie is an associate professor at the University of Colorado School of Medicine. Since 2014, she's been dedicated to advancing health equity for older LGBTQ communities. Stop by after the service to experience this moving photo exhibit. If you would like to support UCC Longmont financially, you can give online at ucclongmont.org forward slash giving or using the offering boxes on the back wall of the sanctuary. We are grateful for your generosity. Thank you all, and have a wonderful week. Let us rise in spirit and sing number 210 in our sing hymnal, There's Bread for the Journey. Looking at my watch, because I think it's probably fair to say that we still have lots of decisions to come in the day, <laughs> if 3,500 is the number. So, when you go, and when these decisions have an impact, remember what is your focus? How will your focus guide your decisions that do have impact? And in your decision-making and in your going, remember and trust that God is always before you to light your way, beside you to befriend you, behind you to encourage you, above you to watch over you, 
and within you that you may know peace. May that peace be with you this very moment and in all the moments to come. Amen.